Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know what? Perhaps there is something to this world full of carny lies, needing that little bit of truth every once in a while. It certainly helped these interactions. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are 10 Secret Times Wrestling TV Mirrored Real Life. Number 10. Hulk Hogan Ignores Paul Orndorff An iconic angle recently revisited following the sad death of Paul Orndorff, Hulk Hogan's ignoring of his newfound friend became the central catalyst for a heel turn and return of old Mr. Wonderful to sell out buildings nationwide back in 1986. A rich and textured tale that served as the perfect bridge between Hogan's post-WrestleMania 2 feuds and his legendary rivalry with Andre the Giant in early 1986. The story found Orndorff being forced to defend his relationship with Hogan to heels he'd once shared a side with. They argued he was a lapdog for the Hulkster, and his failure to prove them wrong ultimately fed into his violent betrayal. According to many accounts of Hogan's backstage habits at the time, this wasn't far from the truth. Various accounts recall him becoming withdrawn from some of the talent as his star rose, including having his own dressing room at shows and existing more and more on Vince McMahon's level than that of his peers. Far from the grisliest of his political choices over the years, it nonetheless marries up well with this tremendous feud. Number 9. Matt Hardy as played by Kane In 2004, Kane decided he wanted to impregnate Lita whether she was keen or not and beat the crap out of her boyfriend Matt Hardy in order to remove the only obvious obstacle he could see. This was a rotten storyline then and gets no better to contemplate now, but it was a virtually forgotten plot point by 2005 when the pair had somehow transformed this, let's just say, rocky start into a functioning romantic relationship via lost baby and shared disdain for Gene Snitsky. The pair were fairly over faces, in fact, all until Matt Hardy revealed the contents of Amy Dumas' messages with Adam Copeland via his website. One regrettable action after another resulted in one of the worst possible outcomes when Hardy was fired by the company, resulting in the company's vocal majority of male fans giving Lisa both barrels. Edge got plenty of it too, but it was easy to reframe as heat for the increasingly hated heel. WWE needed a quick fix. The big 
red machine went from destroying Hardy to being his surrogate. Lita left him for Edge on television until the company booked a summer series with the North Carolinian when he made his return. Number 8. Seth Rollins Alienates Everybody Seth Rollins' post-Survivor Series heel turn was a fairly well-arrived-upon piece of business, all things considered, or at very least, it was better late than never. An only okay run as Universal Champion in 2019 hit the skids with a sizable portion of the audience when Rollins hit send tweet on far more idle thoughts than he should have. Typically attempting to defend the company from criticism, his perception swung closer to bootlick than figurehead. His on-screen credibility was soon in tatters thanks to a wretched program with The Fiend that concluded, as it had to, with Bray Wyatt's latest creation taking the title. With the boos only growing louder and more disruptive, WWE actually did the right thing by everybody and followed the noise. Rollins riled up the Allstate Arena locals by wearing Chicago Bulls-inspired gear at the Thanksgiving Classic as captain of Team Raw, then formally made the heel switch the following night by complaining that all his colleagues had failed. Number 7. Ultimate Warrior's 1996 Exit The Ultimate Warrior and Vince McMahon's tumultuous relationship had skewed towards the broken end of Buggered, going back to several 1991 disagreements that, five years and several more spats later, the pair expected things to be different. Yeah, that was probably on them. Warrior felt like a man out of time in 1996's new generation, but initially, that was the point. WWE had fell short on the bankable commodities of the 80s and early 90s, and the former headliner was precisely that. Unfortunately for Warrior, the company had changed in the image of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and the few remaining fans had been trained to expect much more than his smoke and mirrors acts. Creative and financial disagreements cursed the deal from the orphan McMahon, wasn't best pleased when Warrior started missing dates as well. The company took the odd step of having kayfabe president Gorilla Monsoon explain a real-life punishment on air. This lined up with an injury write-off at the hands of Camp Cornette, and the two sides parted ways for good. Number 6. Brett and Vince air some laundry Things weren't exactly perfect between Bret Hart and Vince McMahon in the summer of 1997, even if said tensions couldn't possibly have foreshadowed the grisly contract renegotiations of September-October, an infamous Montreal screw job just weeks later. The hitman had placed enough trust in the chairman and others within the company not to have things escalate to that level, but the growing unease between performer and promotion played out brilliantly in a segment on the July 21st edition of Monday Night Raw. Enraged by the news that Shawn Michaels was to referee his high-stakes WWE Championship match against The Undertaker at the SummerSlam, Hart stormed to the ring in the middle of a match between The Patriot and Triple H and ended up embroiled in a pull-apart with McMahon that resembled something the locals were more used to seeing on ice. Hart as good as gave Vince the shirt off his back during those lean years when it came to donating his body to the cause. The literal interpretation here was a nice nod to the growing frustration on both sides. Number 5. Brett vs. Sean A needless contrast when you really can just enjoy the best of both. Fans of either or both Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels can at least agree on two things. None of their peers could match them between the ropes, and neither drew the money their work deserved in the 90s. Luckily, sort of, competitive jealousy and personal pride were worth far more to both men at the time, and by the time the hitman returned from his 1996 sabbatical, the very real rift was becoming too obvious to obscure. Vince McMahon thought the best way for them to get it all out of their system was to do it on air and lay the ground 
groundwork for a mammoth main event the company would have to get to sooner or later. Countless episodes of Raw from late 96 through to mid 97 were filled with furious back and forth between the two. Often the staged pro wrestling violence wasn't half as ugly as the near the knuckle verbiage that triggered the aggro. Number four, Hulk Hogan calls, oh, I can't say that, uh, bollocks. Things didn't need to get as serious as they ended up at Bash of the Beach 2000. Detailed recently by Jeff Jarrett on his new long-form podcast, the day was fraught and overrun with bad ideas. But the worst was Russo's when he returned to the ring after orchestrating a work shoot between Jarrett and Hogan to play in some very real-life frustrations he was having with the Hulkster. It's old ground, obviously, but the short version, Jarrett lays down, Hogan pins him, lips off Russo for the nonsense, leaves, and the real title match takes place later with Double J and Booker T. Not ideal, but something Russo deemed was genuinely better than nothing, until he doubled down with a blazing promo at Hulk's expense that called him worse than, uh, let's say, crap, and seemingly didn't leave any room for any kind of follow-through. Russo going into business for himself long after Hogan had left the building, took an already wonky program and buried it in legal paperwork that had less than nothing to do with pro wrestling. The work shouldn't have made it on air, let alone the shoot. Number three, the four horsewomen triple threat. The exceptional WrestleMania 32 bout pitting last ever Divas champion Charlotte Flair against challengers Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks existed not just to establish the reintroduced WWE Women's Championship, but to rubber stamp something the company had been working towards for the prior six months. In the build-up, Flair Lynch and Banks spoke of wanting to be the front face of a division that was rapidly changing in their image. The three had been called up together from a transformative NXT run in July 2015, but months of empty trios matches, repetitive segments and inconsequential stakes resulted in the whole scene tiptoeing towards being derivative. The belt was their chance to try and force through real change, and a show-stealing match did just that. Emotions ran high, but only because they were real, with fourth horsewoman Bailey looking on following her Takeover epic with Asuka two nights prior. The remaining three lived up to the lofty billing and then some. The show of shows was the stage to announce a paradigm shift, but it took relentless graft up to and including this bout to actually make it happen. Number two, the wild card rule. We are just about a full pandemic removed from this bizarre 2019 edict, and two years feeling like ten has already made this archaic feeling quick fix feel like some charming little experiment from the post-Attitude Era slump run. Instead, it was a galling sign of things to come. Furious with the rampant decline happening around him, I wonder why that is! Vince McMahon dusted off his old character and appeared on the May 6th edition of Monday Night Raw to explain that wrestlers were now permitted to cross-brand divides per stipulations laid out in his wild card rule. Two things were happening here. McMahon was typically a minor draw in these special appearances, and he wanted a rating spike. It was a rash and rushed judgment motivated by his short-term philosophy that secured monster right fee deals while simultaneously chasing away audiences by the hundreds of thousands. It sucked, but on both counts it worked, foreshadowing the rudderless chaos that became the insufferable norm. Number one. 
Big Cass's suspicions of Corey Graves. One that sticks out in hindsight as a bit of fun rather than any indication of something real, Big Cass's on-screen rows with Corey Graves carry a unique weight based on the differing directions their personal lives took in the years hence. Cass first fumed with Graves for constantly browbeating Enzo Amore on commentary, but reverted to getting paranoid when the commentator appeared in the know about the seven-footers' mystery backstage attacks on his supposed best friend. As most people were aware of thanks to appearances in WWE documentaries and on Total Divas, Cass was dating the team's former valet Carmella at the time. The Princess of Staten Island later ended up with Graves in real life after the two split in 2018. Though there's no suggestion that any of this played into the very believable tension between the characters on screen, hindsight watchers certainly have greater heft. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.